For a Monday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, we got to recap everything that happened over the weekend as plenty of Arizona State Sun Devil players are looking towards their NFL futures. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making the Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms, such as YouTube. If you want to check us out on a visual platform and see my beautiful face, you can also check us out wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify or the Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. We're free and available Monday through Friday, giving you Everything you need to know about Arizona State Sun Devils football, basketball, baseball, and otherwise. Guys, let's not waste any more time. First of all, I just want to brag. Check out the new merch. Absolutely loved it. Just locked on, baby. It's it's the absolute best. So let's go ahead, hop right into the conversation. We're going to be dedicating the entirety of this podcast to just talking about the NFL draft and where all of our favorite Arizona State Sun Devils wound up. So let's get this party started. It starts, obviously, like we all predicted, with Rashad White. White ended up being the highest-drafted Sun Devils player, and not only was he that, he was also a top 100 pick. Ended up going 91st overall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the tail end of the third round and towards the end of day two of the draft. Now, this was awesome to see for a plethora of reasons. One, because it's an Arizona State Sun Devil that's getting drafted. Who wouldn't be happy about that? Two, he's really, really good. And he's going to a really, really good situation. And I think that's the most important part here is number three, he is set up to succeed immediately. Rashad White's going to walk into Tampa Bay as probably their second best running back, only behind Leonard Fournette. And Fournette's only on a one-year deal. So potentially white could be the future in Tampa Bay. He probably won't be this year. Like unless like an unforeseen injury ends up coming down on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back room, but looking at the rest of what they have, there's not much. Keyshawn Vaughn is probably on his way out the door at this point. Uh, Gio Bernard is no longer with the team. Ronald Jones is no longer with the team. There really isn't much, continuity in that Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back room that they had previously. So a lot of new faces and a lot of new changes are coming towards the Bay area. And with that change comes Rashad white. Now I'm not going to, I'm not going to feed a fed horse here. We all know what we need to know about Rashad white. It's a silky smooth runner, great inside, outside one cut kind of style, great receiving ability as well. So With that in mind, I look at this Tampa Bay situation, I think he's just a perfect fit because I look at how much success Leonard Fournette has had. And I think there's a lot more finesse to Rashad White's game than there is to Fournette's. And, you know, comparatively, obviously, Fournette is like 10 times the bruising style running back that Rashad White is. So they'll be a really good complement to each other. Both of them are exceptional pass catchers. Obviously, White is borderline elite 
Fournette is mainly a volume guy, but he does do damage with that volume. But Rashad White is got a really good chance to be the primary guy in terms of the passing down situations and potentially the person that Tom Brady's going to look to and the offense is going to look to on third and short situations. They bring him out there for the for the screen game, whatever it is. I have a really strong feeling that Rashad White is going to be one of the de facto go-to guys in that offense while while they're they're on passing downs kind of thing. Now, obviously, I absolutely expect Rashad White to get a lot of work as a runner as well because when you when you're as talented as he is, he's not a guy that you just leave on the sidelines. No, this this is a guy you want to get involved as much as you possibly can. So, for Tampa, Tom Brady is another year older. Now, that doesn't mean much because Tom Brady is still an absolutely elite quarterback right now. But there is always that possibility that he drops off this year. Will he? I, who knows? It feels like he's never going to drop off. But if he does, he's going to need reliable options and a good ground game. Well, Leonard Fournette and Rashad White sounds like a pretty great run game to me. So I would feel confident if I'm Brady and if I'm Byron Leftwich, their offensive coordinator, and just the offense in general, I would feel confident that the ground game is going to be in the top half of the league in a worst case scenario. They could be better than that. But I also love, if I'm Brady, the, the fact that I can dump this ball off to Rashad and allow him to create yards after the catch, the way that he was so good at when he was at Arizona State. He was just a hot knife through butter against against defenses he just he like I said he glides it it's remarkable what he's able to do as a receiver let alone when the ball is in his hands but he also has a nose for the end zone remember he scored 15 touchdowns this past year so I like this upside and I like this fit a lot now obviously I know all the Arizona fans wanted him to stay in Arizona but if we're being realistic this might be a better fit and long term Rashad White has a very, very good outlook for his career right now. So Tampa Bay, outstanding situation for him. Next up, Jack Jones was the next closest Arizona State Sun Devil to be drafted with the 121st pick, which is about halfway through the fourth round. Now, Rashad, or excuse me, we're on Jack Jones now. Uh, recall and rewind a little bit to Friday's episode where uh, number one friend of the podcast, Donnie Druin, had stopped by, and we were talking about Jack Jones, and he had told me that the New England Patriots had seemingly done the most research on Jack and that they seemed to be the most sold on him. And it, it felt like there was a lot of dots to connect, and wouldn't you know it, where there's smoke, there's fire. The Patriots are the ones who end up pulling the trigger on Jack Jones, and just like Rashad White, there there is a very easy track right now for Jack Jones to get very early starting time here with Arizona State. So I'm looking at the Patriots roster, right? And I noticed that J.C. Jackson is no longer there. J.C. Jackson left in free agency, and right, wrong, or indifferent, it has left a hole on their on their defensive back depth chart. Now, they still have they still have some guys there. I'm pulling up everything just to make sure that I'm on track. But they do have, oh, interesting, Malcolm Butler's there. How about that? No, the, the biggest name that they have there is Jonathan Jones. He definitely seems like their number one corner at the moment. Uh, Sean Wade is there. They traded for him last year, but I don't know. 
how much stock you can put into him. Jalen Mills, who's been in the league for a hot minute, also there. Terrence Mitchell is there. Uh, Marcus Jones, don't know anything about him. Miles Bryant is there. And Justin Bethel, the the former Arizona, uh, not Sun Devils, Arizona Cardinals special team superstar. So there's not a lot of proven guys. It's it's really Jonathan uh, Jonathan Jones and everybody else. Obviously, Jalen Mills is definitely a starter on the outside, but Jack has a has a really good inside track, just like Rashad White, to have significant playing time as a rookie. And the thing that he's really got going for him is that he's got some incredible ball skills. Some that, um, sorry, lost my train of thought. Some that Bill Belichick is going to very much appreciate and maybe look back on him and kind of think of like J.C. Jackson. Now, obviously, first of all, they're very different builds. J.C. taller than six foot with elite ball hawking skills. Uh, Jack Jones, definitely a, a, a sub, sub six foot guy coming in at 5'10". And not a big like frame built kind of guy, but he is feisty and he's got an alpha male, alpha male mentality. So if he translates to what we think he is, he's going to be an immediate starter and a ball hawking machine for the Patriots. Now I didn't like the Patriots draft very much at all. They had a, they had a huge reach in the first round on offensive lineman Cole Strange. They really reached on wide receiver Tyquan Thornton. Uh, they, they took a backup quarterback really high and Billy Zappi, uh, the rest of their picks just really didn't impress me, but may, call me biased, but the Jack Jones pick was a home run for them. And I really think that that could end up being a huge, huge dividend for them in the long run. And then the grand scheme of things here. So love the pick for them. Just like Rashad, I feel like he's got a pretty good inside track to get a lot, a lot of time early on in his career. and the potential to maybe be a starter. It, New England is going through a shuffle in their backfield right now. They've got the safeties and they think they have the corners, but maybe Jack Jones is one of those guys. I don't know. Put him in number 20 or number 21 and we'll find out just how good he is because I think he's great. And I think New England's going to end up getting a steal with him. So I'll go ahead and pause the conversation right there. When we return for our second segment, We'll talk about the other two Arizona State Sunbelts that ended up getting drafted in this past draft. This is the Locked on Sunbelts podcast. Summer is coming, guys. And with summer, you're going to need new food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on your family vacation. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Just make sure that everybody has a bar so you're fueled for your summer activities. The best part about Built Bars is they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. It's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and the fan favorite puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Speaking of those puffs, if you haven't tried them yet, you got to try them. We're going crazy for the puffs right now. And they got some great flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. And who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? They're only 140 calories too. If that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try the mix box. The mix box comes with 12 different flavors and puffs. It's amazing. Built Bar makes sure that there is something for everyone. And again, look at that, look at that macros chart. 
130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare it to a candy bar, and it's just not even close. So go to Built.com to get all your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and more. They're all delicious. New flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out on Built.com. Here's the offer. Go to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And again, thank you guys so much for making the Locked On Sunnels your first listen every single day. Remember that we are free and available on all platforms. Now, let's go ahead and hop right back into our conversation here. So, the next two Sun Devils that ended up getting drafted, uh, defensive lineman DJ Davidson ends up going in the fourth round, 147th overall to the New York football giants. Now, DJ Davidson was a guy who we we were – we weren't necessarily like high on him, but we weren't like slamming him. For me, it it definitely came more across as like a like 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 a pleasant surprise by how much teams like DJ Davidson. Now he wasn't he wasn't this stat stuffing monster while he was with the Sun Devils, but and, and I'm working on getting those numbers for you right now. Please hold. All right. Right here for you. So uh, he did have 57 tackles this past season and six for loss. Uh, Only a half sack, but on his career through four years, and keep in mind, uh, 2020, he did only play the four games. He he racked up an impressive 137 tackles, 15 and a half tackles for loss, and five sacks. So not the most productive guy in the world, but definitely was really good at his job of eating up gaps and making life a little bit easier for the linebackers like Darian Butler and Merlin Robertson. So the NFL, like guilty pleasure for them is definitely nose tackles. Like they don't want to value nose tackles very high, short of the exceptions of like your Vita Veas, your Haloti Nadas, your Jordan Davises. With those exceptions, sure, they go first round. But more often than not, a lot of defensive tackle depth is drafted in the later rounds. It, it feels like the NFL is trying to make DJ Davidson a thing. And I'm here for it. I love DJ Davidson. Like I said, I just, to me, I didn't think that the NFL was going to love him as much as they ended up loving him because of the position, not necessarily being the quote unquote sexiest position in the whole world. But I'm not complaining. And I'm really happy for him, especially to go fourth round. Like, that's a big deal. So DJ Davidson should be very, very excited for himself. And he's going to a team that historically really, really, really values uh, defensive tackles. So in in the last few years, you have seen the, the, the Giants spend some really high value picks on the defensive line. Uh, BJ Hill a few years back was a third round pick. They spent a first round pick very recently on Dexter Lawrence and actually decided to pick up his option. They also spent a second-round pick on Dalvin Tomlinson a few years ago. So they're one of those teams, they they really, really value their defensive linemen. And adding DJ Davidson only solidifies the fact that they want to build on that. And Davidson has an outside shot, just like Jones and just like White, to have significant playing time as a rookie. Looking at the depth chart right now, he's one of six defensive linemen on the roster. That's it. 
and he's the only true nose tackle. Justin Ellis would be the next closest guy there. Ellis definitely a little bit on the older side coming out from the 2014 draft. So he's going into his ninth, eighth year. Eighth. No, ninth. Yeah. He's going into his ninth. Se- wow. 2014 is in their ninth season. That that makes me feel old. That's that's kind of heartbreaking, honestly. I'm not going to lie. But neither here nor there, I suppose. We just got to keep rolling with it. But outside of Ellis, it, it's it's it feels like it's DJ Davidson's job to lose. Uh, Raymond Johnson and David Moa definitely aren't the nose tackle kind of guys. Dexter Lawrence, even though he's built like a nose tackle, they definitely don't line him up in that shade spot. They like him a little further outside the numbers. And then Leonard Williams is definitely just a, a pure defensive end in their scheme. So they have DJ Davidson here. And he's he's going to be that gap eater that they're hoping he can be. So I like the fit a lot. I feel like a lot of the Sun Devils players where they ended up going all had really good fits. I'm wondering if Davidson might have the best fit, though. Because this is a team, again, I'm just emphasizing this. This is an NFL team that over the last five years, let alone 10 plus, has valued defensive tackles. They spend premium picks on this. So they clearly love to make large investments at this position. DJ Davidson doesn't seem to be an exception to this. So we'll see how it all plays out. But my initial thoughts is awesome. This is a really good fit. Now, the last guy that ended up getting drafted for Arizona state, thankfully was chase Lucas, which the three and a half that I set hit the over hit. However, Connor's four and a half did not hit. So hopefully you took my over under and not Connor's over under. So four Sun Devils got drafted. You had Rashad white, you had Jack Jones, you had DJ Davidson, and you close it out with chase Lucas. Now, Chase Lucas is going to a situation that's, let's call it not ideal. He's going to the Detroit Lions now. And the good news there is he does have an opportunity to stick with the team because the Lions roster is pretty devoid of talent. But there, if, if there's a strength to this team, I feel like it's in their secondary. They've got some quality guys out there. They've got, they just brought in my old friend from the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Deshaun Elliott. Uh, they've got Mike Hughes. They're getting, oh my God. Um, 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 I'm, I'm just going to have to look at his name because I'm going to forget. I got a corner coming back from injury. What is his name? Oh my goodness. I, I'm really struggling. Well, while at Jeff Akuda, there it is. Jeff Akuda is coming back from injury. Tracy Walker, a very, very underrated uh, free safety for them. Uh, Savian Smith is there. Amani Oruwari, I believe is how you say his name, was a first-round pick not that long ago. Uh, Ifitu Melawanu is also a big-time athlete there. So there's a lot of competition in the secondary. And this does not guarantee Chase Lucas a spot whatsoever now that he's going pro and he was a seventh round pick so in the same sense it's also it's also not as though this is a guy that that the team believes in being an immediate day one start 
they're probably viewing him not even so much as a prospect, but a very good depth piece. And the one thing that Chase Lucas has going for him is that he was essentially a five-year starter for Arizona State. So the leadership aspect is firmly established. We all know that Chase Lucas is a man's man and that this is a guy that you can build a foundation around. So whether or not he's able to achieve that at the next level, yet to be seen. But he was drafted. The Lions do believe in him. And hopefully he'll be able to find a way to stick on with this team. So fingers crossed for Chase. I felt like he was one of the guys who deserved to be drafted. And ultimately he was. So let's go ahead, take one more break. When we return for the third and final segment, we'll go ahead and finish up with the main undrafted free agents of the Arizona State Sun Devils. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. BetOnline.net is still your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news this season, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, guys, let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and close out this podcast nice and strong and talk about the undrafted players for Arizona State. Now, there was a handful of guys that we weren't overly sure about that ended up going undrafted. And a couple of them were a surprise. Most of them were not a surprise, unfortunately. So we'll start with the surprises. Donovan West and Kellen Deesh went undrafted. These were guys that were very highly thought of throughout the draft process by the media, at least. Deesh was kind of considered that athletic left tackle kind of prospect who you could start as a swing and potentially develop into something a little more. Now, I think the knock on him was that he didn't have that mean streak that a lot of teams are looking for in a starting left tackle, but the 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 traits are there the athleticism is there it's just a matter of can you can you find a way to take those traits and take it to the next level because we've seen a lot of athletic offensive linemen just burn out so quickly and it makes me wonder if NFL teams thought that that might be the case with Deesh which is why he went undrafted Donovan West is a surprise to me Donovan West uh, re- rewind a few months ago was Mel Kuyper's number two ranked center only behind Tyler Linderbaum. So that's where I'm confused is how does this guy go undrafted? And the center position was really just devalued in general this year because another guy, Alec Lindstrom from Boston College, also went undrafted. So I feel like NFL teams just did not value the depth that the center position had this year or rather the lack thereof. But it just... It ended up being the the perfect storm, I suppose, for Donovan West not getting drafted. And unfortunately, that that is what it is, I guess. But both of them wind up with uh, Miami and uh, San Francisco, respectively. So Deesh will have a chance to compete on a Miami offensive line that is still looking to try and rebuild and find its identity. Meanwhile, uh, Donovan West is going to San Francisco where they are also constantly kind of shuffling people around. They have their 
solidified tackles with Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. Uh, they got a, they got a stud interior lineman with Lincoln Tomlinson, but it, I and maybe this is my ignorance, but the the rest of the offensive line, the other two positions, are trying to find some kind of consistency from it. And maybe Donovan West can provide that, but it I'll I'll go ahead on record right now of the five guys from Arizona State who were able to get workouts. I will go ahead and tell you that Donovan West has the best shot of the five to stick on a roster. Now, the other three, unfortunately, Darian Butler did go undrafted, which was a conversation we had because he is very much undersized for the NFL and potentially could just not end up being put in a good enough situation. He goes to Vegas to play for the Raiders. They are a, a quality team, a, a good team. They're good. They're a good team. But you're hoping that Darian can prove himself to be a core special teams player and find a way to stick on with them there. And then the Raiders hopefully will give him some opportunities because we all know how good Darian Butler is. We all know that he can be a big time difference maker. So the Raiders are giving him that shot. And I hope that the Raiders understand that. Sure. The guy's only, you know, like barely 5'11". He's shorter than 5'11", but he's got the speed. He's got he's got it between the ears. He's a football player. So I'm hoping that that gets valued more, but we'll see. Curtis Hodges, the tight end, the big athletic tight end, the dude who's just like Greek god sculpted out of Marvel. Marvel, not Marvel. Ends up going to Washington. Now, Washington's tight end situation is interesting because they have the converted quarterback, Logan Thomas, but he is coming off an injury. Rest of the tight end position, pretty much non-existent. So potentially Hodges could find a niche there and a way to stick on. And this, this is also an offense that's trying to, trying to really establish a future. So Terry McLaurin is going into his final season there. And he's a pro bowler and he's a three time or two time thousand yard receiver. Very, very good receiver, but we're unsure if he's even coming back at this point. Outside of him, there's not much else going on. They do have a couple running backs. Uh, they, they have a, Oh my God, Antonio, Antonio Gibson. And I believe they drafted Brian Robinson, but I might be wrong on that. Regardless, they have running backs. They have a few receivers. They need consistency from the tight end position. If they can find a way to sculpt this giant ball of clay that is Curtis Hodges into something special, then I'm here for it. And then the last guy I wanted to point out was Tyler Johnson. Johnson did stick with my Baltimore Ravens off in the corner. You can see that there if you are watching on YouTube. But he did get a tryout with the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are constantly looking for new pass rushers. So I feel like he's in a good situation there to maybe find a way to stick on with, with the team. Not so much long-term. I, I just, I, I don't know, but I do think that if he can find a way to turn heads and impress in practice, he's going to be one of those guys that could get Baltimore's attention and they're dealing with a lot of injuries. There's a lot of guys coming back from injury and the outside pass rusher, uh, spot for the edge definitely needs a lot more bodies. Tyler Johnson is one of those bodies. Tyler Johnson is a first team all pack 12 guy with pass rushing upside. Hopefully he can find a way to stick at the end of the day for these five guys, 
best advice that anyone can give you, find a way to stick out on special teams. You do that and you have an inside track to end up sticking with an NFL team. But that's going to go ahead and do it for us here on a Monday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, such as Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on YouTube if you would like to see this podcast on a visual platform. But wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share, five-star, rate, all that good stuff. If you're on Twitter, go ahead and follow me at RichieBrad36. Follow the podcast while you're there as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils. Now go ahead and get all your daily Pac-12 news in 30 minutes or less with Pac-12 expert Spencer McLaughlin on the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Just like the Locked On Sun Devils, it's free and available on all platforms. And until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked On Sun Devils.